Teresa of Calcutta, nope, Teresa of Avila, the 16th century Spanish mystic, um, she lived her life, most of it, in the darkness of desolation. Once she prayed a prayer to God that said, if this is how you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few. It's a true quote. If this is how you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few. There have been times in my life that I've prayed, or at least thought, similarly. Teresa had a 40-year crisis of faith, called the dark night of the soul, but for her were dark nights of the soul. I'm not sure I would have had the strength or the fortitude to hold on as long as she did. In her darkness, she strove to be faithful to the mystery we call God. In the barrenness of her interior desert, she had an invincible hope that buoyed her, buoyed her for life. About 12 years ago, there was fervor around another Teresa, this time Teresa of Calcutta, when it came out following her death that she had a 50-year crisis of faith. And I thought, why were people so surprised? The wilderness of Mother Teresa of Calcutta was barren and dry and at times very, very dark. And yet, she had this invincible hope within her that was deeper than her despair, more secure than her questions and her doubt. Now, there are countless, countless examples down through the ages of people who have questioned their faith, wondered if God is real as they anguished for a relationship with the divine. And yet, they continued to trust, even though they couldn't feel or believe God's presence. Has this been or is this true for you? In your dry times, in your days of interior darkness, have you wondered, like the two Teresas and John the Cross and Dietrich Bonhoeffer and me at some times, does God exist? Is God's love real? Is God real? Today is the first Sunday in Lent. And Lent is an astonishingly confusing season. The word comes from Old English, meaning springtime, which brings to my mind at least new life, sweet fragrances, gentler days, budding trees, blooming flowers. And all these things occur in spring. And they also take place in Lent. And yet for many, the word Lent brings to mind penitence, giving up, somehow being like a little worm of the earth, denying oneself. For some, the very word Lent conjures up such bad memories that the very last place they would ever want to be is in a church. And that's because it's been taught by people like me in my position. So woe to all clergy who focus on what is wrong with one's life as opposed to what's right. Instead of focusing on how one might be failing, how might we encourage one to embrace how they're succeeding? What if? What if Lent was a time to take on, to do something differently, to open oneself, I would be so bold, to one's own mystery 
as we seek this mystery we call God. That we might love ourselves that would then allow us to love others. What if this became our Lenten discipline? In 2001, when I was executive director of Spiritual Directors International, I had the pleasure of being the guest speaker at a European gathering of spiritual directors in Brussels. In a conversation with a priest from London who was a member of the Church of England, we were talking about Lent because the season was just going to begin. It was around the corner. And he said to me that for him, Lent was a time to embrace pleasure in an entirely new way. Pleasure? I said, laughing to myself, is the very last word I would ever use to associate with this season. And yet, isn't this what life is all about? Leaning into the springtime of our own abundance? It isn't some self-indulgent pleasure, but delight in being one's self. Pleasure in the sense of contentment in whose we are, who we are, and what we need. Does pleasure then come from the experience of darkness in the wilderness? I remember when reading Luke's account of Jesus in the wilderness. And I asked my Sunday school teacher this question, which she didn't appreciate. Why would God send Jesus into the wilderness in the first place? What was that all about? What was the point? Why should Jesus need to be tested or tempted? He was already close to God. And maybe, maybe that's the point. The closer we draw to the divine, the more tempted we are to withdraw, to doubt, to turn away. This could have happened to Jesus. It could have happened to Teresa of Calcutta, but it didn't. I think the whole point of a wilderness experience of darkness is that it helps us to clarify the light. As Isaiah proclaimed and promises us, God will give us treasures in darkness Secrets in hidden places. This is our theme. Treasures in darkness during the container of Lent these next six weeks. In the darkness of the desert, Jesus found his bearing. In the darkness of temptations, he found his voice. In the darkness of not knowing, Jesus found clarity about what he believed, what he was called called to do, and what he was called not to do. In the darkness of the wilderness, Jesus learned to be kind, kind to himself, which would eventually overflow to others. In all these darknesses, Jesus found the treasure of his interior strength. The same was true for Teresa, of Calcutta and Teresa of Avila. And the same can be true for us. In the darkness of my brother's 20-year battle with leukemia, I discovered the treasure of how much I loved him and love him still, even though he's no longer alive. 
The thing about Jesus' temptations was his response to them. Basically, he said, I don't need this. I don't need to be relevant by turning stones into bread. I don't need to be spectacular by throwing myself down. I don't need to be powerful by seeking the dominions of the world. All he needed was to be faithful. Jesus was clear what he needed and what he didn't. And his clarity was that he needed God. And this was the treasure he claimed in the darkness of his desert. This was the treasure he claimed in the darkness of his desert. Friends, all we need is to be faithful. This is the invitation of Lent. To be content with who we are. To know what it is we need and to take pleasure in that. For Jesus, Teresa of Calcutta, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Bonhoeffer, and thousands of others, their temptations and doubts, their desolations and loneliness provided, I believe, the scaffolding on which to build a life. And the same is true for you and me. In your liturgy, liturgy today, there's an envelope. Inside that envelope is a three-by-five card. I ask you to consider, what are the intentions, the desires of your hearts, your heart, these next six weeks? What is it you long to embrace? What is your prayer for yourself, for others, for the world? I invite you to write that prayer, put it in the envelope, seal it, address it to yourself. When Luba begins to sing, you'll be invited to come forward and place your intention in the basket.